0: Welcome to the Potter and Maguire podcast, brought to you by Psycho Gear, beast fuel energy drink, finished in MMA and Dream Elite Pro Store.
1: Happy September, boys and girls. Very, very, very great to be back on the podcast, boys and girls. And of course... The mutual host with the most, Mr. Don McGuire. Hey, Don, what's going on?
2: Hey, not much, buddy. Uh, How was your holiday weekend for you this last weekend?
1: Not too shabby, not too shabby. Uh, I had a relaxing labor day. I mean, just pretty much stayed in. I mean, uh, I'm going through side surgeries and back and forth, just healing up, feeling great. So I decided to uh, just take a load off. I work all the time, so, you know, thank God. Some rest and relaxation, that's exactly what the doctor
2: ordered. But uh, how are you doing, Don? Well, I'm doing fantastic, you know. I just just got back in town, was it was a glory and then had a bunch of other events that I had to get, get done, edited and posted. But, you know, I'm really looking forward to this show tonight. You know, I think the show that we got for our listeners tonight is gonna be it's gonna be a tremendous show. You know, the the guests truly are uh, profound in this sport and, and I think they've made it, you know, their own impact in their own way and I'm looking forward to hearing from each and every one of them tonight. How about yourself?
1: I'm very excited. And uh, Litton, like when you when you told me that Linton was going to come on the show, I'm like, that's the guy that beat Sakaju. But he's also coming off another big win. He was uh, he's a prominent Bellator fighter. He was coming off a win against uh, Emmanuel Newton, I believe. And it was February of 2016, coming off a big win. You know, I'm excited to talk to him. And also, you got Angel who has a big, big shout-out slash call-out to make, which I'm excited to hear about because you've been talking about it up and down for, like, the last week. So I'm excited. Uh, you have another person who's actually uh, fairly, you know, he, Tablon is he really wants to get his message out, and he picked this show to do it, which I'm, I'm appreciative of. You know, and AJ McKee, you know, the, the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who's actually coming off a huge win in August, you know, coming off a huge guillotine win, undefeated still, the son of a legend. I'm excited to talk to all four people. Who are you most excited to talk to?
2: All of them, brother, all of them. You know, know, that's one thing. You know, I did a post the other day that truly, I think, exemplifies who I am and and what I think. You know, it's like I I paid gratitude for all the fighters for the last 20 years of my life because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't exist. So, you know, it truly is the sport that has – put, you know, food on my table and kept me grounded and humbled and always giving back to where I started and it truly means the world to me to have, you know, Alfredo Pabón on tonight to, to hear his message and the three fighters that we got scheduled. You know, Angel the Dream DeAndre is just a great man. And then, you know, AJ McKee, like he stated, you know, he's still undefeated. He's the son of a legend. It's it's going to be a tremendous show, and I'm just grateful for the opportunities that we have in doing this week in and week out, you know, and especially to you, my friend. You know, it's it's nice to have somebody that I can gel with once a week and get the word of the, the sport out there to our listeners.
1: Absolutely, and we're on the eve, too, of UFC 203, which I want to talk about, too, because I've been following this event more than ever because I'm also a pro wrestling fan, so CM Punk is actually fighting Mickey Gall, which I've been following the documentary, and also uh, Steve A. versus uh, Overeem is going to be a crazy bout. You got Verdum taking on uh, the boyfriend of Ronda Rousey, and I forget his name because it slips my memory. But so I'm just so excited. It's never been a better time to be a fight fan, and it's never been a better time to you know be on this podcast talking to MMA fighters too that share our perspective on the sport. And um, what are you the newcomings, the, the the upcoming events? What are you most excited about, Don?
2: You know, honestly, I, I I look forward to all events and, you know, everything that happens in this sport. You know, Alistair Overeem is is my brother for a long time, and, you know, I, I want to see him, I want to see him produce. I want to see him make a, a deciding factor in his career in, in this next coming fight. I think it's something that he needs to prove. I I want to see him get, you know, step in the octagon and and be the fighter that he was born to be, you know, and. He, he truly is a deserving fighter. He's been in the sport for a long time, and it, it's great to see people that have been around so long still competing at this, this high level and producing at this high level, so I want, there's great expectations for me on Alistar.
1: Yeah, Alistar, I've been watching him since Pride the Best Volume 2 or 3, where he fought a Japanese tomato can, obviously easily beat him. And then uh, I remember watching him on pay-per-view Pride Total Elimination 2003, which Hashtag, you can watch it on the UFC Fight Pass. But yeah, he fought Chuck Liddell and how well he did against Chuck. Because I knew he was going to get knocked out, obviously. This was Chuck in his prime. But I remember watching Alistair Overeem through all the stages of his career. And what, what a cherry on top. If he can go into this event and put on a big win, big showing, and actually get that UFC heavyweight championship that's eluded him. Because face facts, he, he's won a championship in Dream, he's won championships in K1. He's won championships everywhere he's been. This is the one title that actually eluded him. And I'm excited to watch him compete. I'm excited to watch him hopefully get the heavyweight championship. But, you know, furthermore, Don, have you been watching the documentaries? Because I'm really intrigued by this. Obviously, I'm a pro wrestling fan. But, uh, CM Punk, have you been watching the documentaries? Have you been following the storyline going into this? It, that's the that's the thing I'm most excited about. Are you excited about CM Punk fighting Mickey Ball?
2: Um, you know, I'm excited about him fighting because I want to see if we can have another transformation like that we did in, in the the man Bobby Lashley, you know. But as far as far as following the video and and things of that nature, no. I mean, I do follow the social media line, and you know, a fighter. I'm not going to bring his name up, but you know, had posted that CM Punk had stated that he was he was overweight and you know hadn't made the cut yet and things like this. And this was just last week. So looking at that, you know, the the reverence was brought up, why would he make a statement like that to the press? You know, and I stated on I commented on the post it was just, you know, you got to realize he is a he's a wrestler, he's a WWE and he's going to bring theatrics and you never know what what's true or not and it's just hype in my opinion, but you know, I'm interested to see what he can do in the octagon.
1: Absolutely. I, mean, I, I think of when people are counting him out, I'm thinking of a Japanese wrestler by the name of Kazushi Sakuraba who trained with Nobuhiko Takada in the Takada Dojo back in the day. You know, a little Japanese pro wrestler with not that much experience besides being a uh, state champion in high school wrestling. And then he got thrown to the wolves. He debuted, I believe, in 1997, and then he got really thrown to the wolves when he fought a unstoppable Hoist Gracie in Hoist Gracie's prime in 2000 Grand Prix and Sakuraba beat him up for 90 minutes. You know, I don't, I'm not saying that CM Punk is anywhere in the realm of a Kajushi Sakuraba, but don't doubt pro wrestlers because A, they're resilient. A, they are used to taking bumps because pro wrestling is predetermined ass whoopings. But in MMA, the transition is, you know, you're avoiding the, the ass kickings. You're actually avoiding getting hit. You're avoiding the big shots. And, uh, you know, CM Punk, like, uh, talking to his teammates and hearing from his teammates, he can take a licking. And I have a lot of faith. He's going to put up a good showing. I don't think – I don't know if he can win, but I think he's going to put up a very good showing, more than people expect of him. And I have good – I have full faith in CM Punk, but, uh, you know, coming up, Lytton is actually going to come on our show, Uh, coming off fresh off his win from Emmanuel Newton, Bellator 149. Uh, Linton Vessel, you you know him better than anybody. What what do you have to say about this guy?
2: The Swarm, baby. The Swarm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, he's truly unique, you know. I I look at Linton Vessel as probably one of the most docile people out of the cage. But then you put him in the cage and I think his his, you know, his his nickname serves him well, The Swarm. I I his fighting style is unique. He's unique. I think what he brings to the sport is, is much needed. You know, there's a couple things that I can't touch on because I want to bring him on the air first. But, you know, he he truly is a leader of leaders in this sport, and, you know, I tip my hat to him.
1: Yeah, and I knew him right off the bat because I remember when he fought Sokaju And I'm a big pride guy. I'm a big uh, – because I grew up with pride. Pride FC – Always watched it. So uh, I followed all the Pride guys, like uh, Sokaju who beat uh, an unstoppable Ricardo Arona and who beat Antonio Nogueira, and big wins. And then he fights uh, Witten Bissell, and on paper, it looks like Bissell was an underdog, but you know, obviously people didn't read the credentials of uh, Bissell because Bissell absolutely cleaned his clock and uh, beat him in the second round. I mean, he's, he's, he's no, no amateur when it comes to the ring. I mean, he's got an impressive record, 16-5, and five, this guy comes to play. And every single time he's fought, he's always put on a war. So I'm excited about talking to him.
2: Oh, you and me both. You know, uh, he's got a little bit of that a little bully accent to him. But on, on that note, you know, you get Liam on, and he's got that, that softer tone. But I, I just love the – I don't know, the tone in, in Linton Vassell's voice is just – Oh man I'd, if I was fighting him I'd run out the cage. <laughs> yeah.
1: Heck yeah, man. He's he's no he's no one to trifle with, and especially in his weight class and a very competitive weight class, this guy, you know, he's no he's no joke for any opponent he fights. He's always gonna come in there. He's always gonna rain bonds. He's always gonna be all over you for the duration of the entire fight. This guy is a monster and you know I'm I'm s i am i am have so many questions for him. I have so many questions I want to ask him. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get him on. We're going to get him on the show momentarily. But, uh, Don, how would you guys meet, by the way?
2: Oh, Bellator. You know, uh, it's... Me and Bellator, we go way back. And, you know, it's... I've had the tremendous, you know, opportunity to meet a lot of these fighters and get to know them. But, Linton Vassell is, is a fighter from the UK that I, I've only met once. And I've interviewed him several times, but I've I've never got to just sit down and break bread with him like I like I would want to, like I usually do with a lot of the fighters that I know. But, you know, me and Linton we're fam either way you want to look at it, you know, we do commercials for his sister's uh beauty salon, Vassell Beauty and Care in the United Kingdom. And Linton has always been very close and near and dear to my heart as a as a mate and as a brother he he's a true example in in how most people and fighters are in this world, but nobody gets to see that side of him. Yeah, you'll see when we get him on the air here, man. He's tremendous.
1: Absolutely, and he should be coming on momentarily. And speak of the devil, Don, I'll let you introduce him.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, probably one of the most, like I was stating a second ago, probably one of the most tremendous fighters in the octagon, but one of the most unique individuals out of the octagon, Linton the swarm the cell Linton how are you doing this evening
0: What's going on I'm great
2: Oh brother It's so uh, good to hear that, that bully bully accent uh,
0: That bully you know,
2: to bully So much <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know Linton I, You don't got to touch on it sir looking, looking back at Bellator UK About a week before You and I both know where I'm going with this and You know <laughs> you, you had a prior Injury come back on you bro And how did that play on you being so close to fight night and have something come back and 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 take that night away from you?
0: Yeah, basically, um, I'll
2: tell you actually what, what happened.
0: I was firing with one of my um, teammates and um, we, we clashed heads and um, my eye instantly split. Went to the, um, the A and E um, and the doctor actually said, sorry, <coughs> um, the, the, the doctor actually said like. Um, it would heal within three weeks, and I'd be able to fight. So there's me still training, um, still running, you know, getting a sweat on. Um, I flew back to England the next day um, that accident happened, um, and about four or five days into training, um, that I actually got infected. Um, I spoke to Bellator, and yeah, about I think it might have been about a week or two before the fight that had to pull me, man. But I, I was. Still, still training, you know, um and thinking I could I could still fight but yeah, when, when I actually got pulled I, I, I was pissed man. I was like, you no, know, I put so much hard work into this. Um and I, I, and I was ready I was ready to fight, you know, but I couldn't get the weight off and the eye actually wasn't healing, it was infected. Um but but now I'm hundred percent I'm sparring um, I'm doing everything I can. I'm back to training 100%. So I'm just waiting for an actual date and an opponent, and I'm getting back in there to. I wasn't about to swear then to mess some people up, to swarm some people up.
2: Oh yeah, it's the swarm, baby, the swarm. You know, it's kind no, of serious. the the point that I kind of wanted to touch on. You know, you went in and you faced Emmanuel Newton at Bellator 149. And and you beat somebody who was very highly regarded in this sport, and I think at that point, the the swarm, as as we both know, was a hundred percent. So looking at, you know, the canceled bout, it it kind of, you know, dismayed me. I I won't lie to you, Linton. You know, it it my heart was broken for you, bro. It was like I know you were looking for this fight. I knew you wanted this night so so dang bad. You know, just just for the fans and and for people that don't understand, what does that play when a fighter is so ready to step in the octagon just to have it taken away?
0: Ah, oh, seriously, it's fucking it's horrible. Um, you know, it's something that you, you you train hard for. You put, put um, obviously um, all that time in, um, all that work, and as as being a fighter, it's something you look forward to. You know, you you, you actually want to go in there and 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 fight, and put a show on for the fans, and um, yeah, and get get taken away from you So it's, it's horrible. Um, you know, I actually went along to watch and and support, obviously, my friends' um, fight, and actually see um see how Francis got on, um, because he actually fought my friend um, Lucas Klinger. Um, so so I went went to support Lucas in in that fight as well. But um, yeah, you know it will, it, it worked nice, and um, yeah, to get your dreams taken away from it's are uh, um, a nice feeling. Very cool.
1: And uh, by the way, pleasure talking to you. Huge fan of your work. Um, you landed on my radar right when you fought Sokaju and you knocked him out. I mean that that was impressive of all itself. <laughs> so huge fan. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, and because um, yeah, I know what happened and you got the cut, but you know what? This is the end of the story. Your, your story continues and you're fighting in a very good promotion in Bellator, which has a very competitive light heavyweight weight class. You, you amassed such a massive, such an impressive record behind you, but your story all started in beautiful England. And I just want to yeah. know, um, yeah, yeah. And how did mixed martial arts fall on your lap, especially because you came from humble beginnings, you came from a beautiful country? How did the sport of mixed martial arts
0: All onto your lap. All all for my friend. My friend kickball. He used to train. He was he was competing at the time um, at a pro level, and me and him, you know, just um, had a little um, play fight in in the garden. And I actually picked him up and I gave him a rock bottom, and um, ended up um, actually making him unconscious, knocked him out um, by by accident. And after that. He was like, you need to come um, to, my, to, to the gym I train at, and um, you need to do that for real life. So uh, <laughs> I went along, and, and I did the same thing to people in the gym. I was tapping out the pros, and my coach, Danny Batten, um, just said to me, you know, I, I, I think you're impressive, and I, I think you should, you should, you should, um, you should fight um, at a semi-pro, which is it's like an am- amateur level. But in England, we call it semi-pro, which means um, you can do headshots, but no headshots on the ground. I did. I did that. I had three fights, three wins. I won a title, and then that, that's it. And then I went. I went pro, and then the rest is history. Very, very, cool.
1: And what would you say? Because you you started out fighting in England. Of course, you landed in Bellator after fighting for, for a variety of different promotions, and you were definitely a journeyman going to these promotions, knocking these cats out, getting signed to Bellator, and making big things happen. But what would you say was the defining fight, whether it be a war, whether it be a win or a loss, what would be your defining fight that you said, man, I can do this for a career?
0: Um, you know what? I'd say it was um, the fight I had back in England. Um, it was a heavyweight fight, and I was winning the fight. And then um, I started tiring in the second round, or I say I uh, tired in the third, first round, and it went to the third, and I actually lost the fight. Um, and I was a smoker um, back then as well. And I, I definitely went to it full time, it's because I actually stopped smoking. And um, I put all my eggs in the basket and just thought, I'm giving it everything. And um, you know, I made all these sacrifices. So i say, stop smoking. I trained as hard as I could every day um, for about six to seven days a week sometimes. Um yeah, that was definitely um when I realized, you know, I'm I'm good at this and I'm throwing it all away by um, you know, um not giving it giving it my all.
2: Very cool. Yes, most, most definitely. You know, when I kinda I wanna touch on a personal feeling because You know, I I know you on a personal level, so I'm going to ask you a question that has kind of been on my mind, you know, because you look back to Bellator 130, you lost to Emmanuel Newton. How did it feel when you came back in Bellator 149 and you proved that the Swarm was here and the Swarm was here to stay?
0: Um, To to be honest, that's what should have happened in in the first fight. Um, I went in that first fight. Um, with the wrong game plan I tried to finish a, a, a world champion in the first round you know um, yeah it, it could be done but Emmanuel is a great fighter you know um, he's slippery, he's hard to finish um, and he, he, come, he comes to bring it you know um, but to get that win was was, was sweet and, and for me personally that's what should have happened in the first fight um, and I learned a lot from that first fight we had And um, I took that back with me, trained with my coaches and my training partners, and just fixed everything that I did wrong in that first fight and made it happen in in the second and and made it all count.
2: Most definitely. You know, one thing I I find very unique about you, Linton, is you always reach out, you always open your heart to anybody and everybody, no matter who it may be. You know, one thing I've noticed over social media lately is you're you're striving to do the 20-day, 20 uh, 22 push-ups a day for 22 days for PTSDs, you and a bunch of your friends. You know, what inspires Linton Vassell to be so open-hearted and caring for the community, for the government, for everybody in general?
0: Um, all I can say is just the way, way I was brought up. Um, you know, um, I, I know no different, to, to be honest. Um, I don't judge people um, unless they've done me wrong. But I, I don't judge people, you know. Um, and, yeah, um, if someone asks me to do something and if I can help, I, I will do it. I just the way I've, I've been brought up. and I, I know no different. No different. Very cool. One more. Go
1: yeah,
2: ahead. go ahead. I was just going to touch, you know, and, uh, you know, that's one thing that I think, why the sport, you know, adores you so much and why so many people involved, you know, not just in the U.K., but in the United States, think so highly of you. You you put yourself out there, you're a public figure, but yet you you remain humble enough to, to care for those that a lot of normal people don't. And, and I hold you in high regard for that, sir. Thank you. Thank you. David?
0: Very
1: cool. Yeah, absolutely. And so going back... Because you're in a very tough weight class. You're in the light heavyweight weight class, which has produced some of the biggest names in the world. I mean, Chuck Liddell, they produced the uh, Soko Jews, which you ironically beat. Uh, the Ricardo Aronas of the world and the G- Logares And every legend I know has started a light heavyweight, and you fight in that very weight class. Uh, is there anybody coming up in your career that you actually look towards and you said that that's the career I want to emulate? Or were there any heroes in the game to you that you credit for your career and your success in MMA?
0: Um, I'll say a few, um, a future past, um, you know, I, I looked up to, um, well, I, I still do, um, like, Brandy Couture, Ken Shamrock, and Royce Gracie, like, they're, they're the guys that, you know, that, I, that I've, I've been watching um, for a very long time when I started watching MMA. And, um, you know, that, I like to say my style is a little bit like Randy. Um, I, I, and then I do a little bit of um, um, voice gracing with jiu as well. Um, but they're, they're the guys that I looked up to, um, especially when um, I first started watching um, MMA. Very cool. And if you
1: can name one more opponent, because obviously the next fight hasn't been scheduled yet, but of course you're you're ready to go. You're ready to rock and roll. Get your career a go again and you're doing already right. so great for yourself. Is there any opponent that you can name in your weight class that you would want would be an ideal opponent for your comeback fight?
0: And they still haven't got no one.
3: <laughs> Peter
0: Walters have got no one. You know, these guys ain't got ain't got no fight. Um, you know, they are in the in the light weight division I, I, I need an opponent. So you know, um, I need to start beating some people up. Cool.
2: Most most definitely. You know, Lynn, I, I look, I love your your fighting style, the uniqueness that you bring to the octagon. You know, personally, I would like to see a rematch from from days of old with with King Mo. Oh
0: but yes, that's what happens. That will happen.
2: You know, I, I think it's it's a necessity to happen is, you know, one thing that the listeners, some of the listeners now don't know is, you know, we actually brought Dr. Gary Furness on the show and he explained to, to you what, what circumvented a dynamite. And, you know, I think that was kind of unique to have a fighter hear it from the fight doctor straight up, straight across without anybody else's stories in the middle and give you a better explanation of, of why that transpired. How, you know, what did that moment mean to Lytton Vassell to finally hear from the fight, Doctor, what truly went on behind the scenes?
0: Sorry, what was that about the the tournament?
2: With, with Dr. Gary Furness. You know, remember when we had you on the show uh, prior, remember he was talking Oh, about... yeah, that, that
0: pissed me off, man. Yeah.
2: Well, I don't want to talk about that.
0: I not because <laughs> at the end of the day, we will we'll, we'll fight. You, you get hurt. It's a one-day tournament. You're gonna get punched in the face. You're gonna get kicked in the body. Whatever. I, I just think it was bullshit. The fact that, um, I wasn't able to fight. But I don't want to talk about that. That's that's sore okay. subject. We'll
2: move on. We'll move on. You know, looking looking back at you know Bellator UK, you touched about you were there for your teammates, and you know I gotta bust your chops on this every time, bro. Uh, did you stop by your sister's and, and get your manny and petty in, and look sharp <laughs> as, as the swarm always does? I did, I did. I, I went, I went along,
0: and sit down my eyebrows, done my toes, and made would look pretty. <laughs> 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 made me look pretty, boy. But you
2: missed it. You missed it. You didn't, you
0: didn't get that no picture.
2: You know, it's it's truly, you know, you truly have a, a profound impact on the sport. But one thing, like I stated earlier. You know, if people truly got to see the real Linton Vassell, they would see a unique man, they would see a family man, someone who cares so genuinely about the people that, you know, are in his inner circle. Looking at Linton Vassell, the man, who would you say you best attribute yourself to?
0: Who who I attribute to people? Who, who,
2: Who do you think that, looking at yourself, that, played a more pertinent role in your life than anybody, sir?
0: Definitely um, my mum, and my sister. You know, my dad passed away when I was pretty young. And, um, you know, uh, my sister and my mum was also there bringing me up. Um, So I'll definitely have to say, yeah, my mum and my sister. Maybe the man I am today.
3: Awesome.
1: And uh, so right now you're in Bellator, you've been a mainstay in Bellator for quite some time, and always put on entertaining fights, which, that's why I always appreciate about you, you've always came up, and you've always showed up, and you always put on one of the most entertaining fights on the card every single time, but with, yeah, not, not a problem, um, so as a mainstay, how has your experience been like working for Bellator, because everyone has mixed opinions, either it's up or down, left and right with any organization you go into, but how's your experience working with Scott Coker and
0: uh, Bellator promotions. I've had no problems with them whatsoever. They've always treated me well. Um, if I've had a problem, you know, I've I've, I've spoken to one of the guys and, and they've sorted it out for me, and they've always delivered uh, as well. Um, yeah, and to be honest, they've always put me on the, the big cards. Can't can't complain with that. They put me on the um, the British Invasion. That that was a big big card, you know. England versus Mm. America, Um, then Dynamite has another big card, and then uh, Shamrock versus Gracie, another big card. So three big cards um, that that I've been on. Um, You know, I I can't complain. I can't say a bad word. I'm happy where I'm at, and they're doing doing a great job. It's only going to get bigger and better. You know. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And would would the ideal? Because you brought up before and. You, you proved that you can fight in the big money fights and you can fight the biggest names and still put on a great performance every single time. Like, I, I keep bringing up Sokaju, but I thought that knockout was spectacular. I thought that knockout was absolutely flawless. And especially because on paper, Sokaju is a huge, huge name from Pride Day. Yeah. And then Linton, if you didn't pay attention to you on paper, you wouldn't know that you're a knockout artist and you have so much credentials behind you and you just pretty much shot the MMA community when you yeah. rained down and pulled the trigger and knocked him right out. So everyone everyone that's in, in the MMA community knew that you were a threat to him, and you proved it. Would, would, because, of course, you're coming off a big win. Wouldn't an ideal opponent be Tito Ortiz, considering Tito Ortiz is on his way out, and you've been in the sport for quite some time. Wouldn't that be an ideal opponent, a big money fight for you, and a great way – to get your career right back where where it last left off with a big win?
0: Oh, 100%. You know, and, and these are the big fights. They're in the they like weight division. And, you know, obviously, I, one, I need someone to fight, and two, it would be an honor to obviously fight a big name like Tito. Um, I remember when I started watching UFC, he was another guy. Um, I think um, he was a champion at the time when I started watching it properly. Um and he was just smashing everyone up, you know. Um, so, yeah, to be able to fight him, that would that, be amazing, man. So, you know, a little, I hope you're listening. Um, you know, let's, let's make, make, make that happen. It's It's got to be quite, oh, that's got to happen at some point.
2: Oh, um, that, you know, and and the thing is, both or one thing I will say, always listens to our shows, and that's. That's one thing that I, I love about Bellator is that they've always got their ears open. They're always looking to create a fight that the not just the the upper brass want, but the, that the people want. And Lynn, I truly think you are a people's fighter. You know, I you know, as I stated with David before we had you on the show, the swarm truly does fit you. Where did that name come from? Because it, it fits you so well, Len. Um. It- Actually,
0: it actually came from one of my sponsors um, at the time, when, when I first started out um, in mixed martial arts. I had a supplement company um, sponsor, and he just said to me, I've been watching your fight. Um, I've noticed you haven't got a name, but I noticed you swarm people. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, so why don't you have your fight name as swarm? And I was like, yeah, we'll see. And I, I, didn't, I didn't like it. I was thinking, nah, that's not going to work. And then it just kept going. Right over my head, I kept saying it. In the Swarm, Bastel, blah, blah, blah. And then I had a fight actually scheduled, I think, about five, six weeks um, later. And then they said to me, have you got a fight name? And I was like, should I say it? And I was like, The Swarm. <laughs> and then it, it, it just sort of stuck. And people started calling me The Swarm. Like my friends my mum, funny enough was calling me the swarm and stuff and then yeah, it, it just stuck and I actually think it, it, it suits me, um, from my style of
2: fighting. Most definitely. You know, now Linton, you know, I, I've watched your career, I've spoke with you and it astonishes me to to see a man so devastating in in the octagon, but so docile out of it. When you when you look at the Vassell, the man, you take away the cage, you take away the fans, and you take away every, all the fame. Who truly is Lynton Vassell?
0: Um, I I am as of what you say. I am a man. Man, I like to have fun, um, hang out with my friends. You know, obviously train hard, have have a laugh. I never take life too serious. Um, as I said, if someone needs some help, I'll do my best. to to, to do what I can and, and, and help. You know, I'm not a selfish person. Um, let say it's just the way I've been brought up. Um, I, I, I know the difference. Um, so, yeah, that, 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 that's me. Very cool.
1: And besides MMA, uh, because I got to bring this up too, because I hate to say this because I don't know if you're you follow any other sports, but I'm a huge Manchester United fan. But uh, is there any Boo. other sports? Oh no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But is there any other sports that you would actually follow? And while we're on the subject, what's your favorite football
0: team? Well, football. I don't actually watch football. Funny enough, um, but if I did, it would be Arsenal. Like um, my my family support Arsenal, um, so it, it would be Arsenal if I had a football team. That if I actually liked football, um, and with, with sports. I like um, track and field, like obviously athletics, um, boxing, um, and suppose be honest, that's, that's probably that's probably it really um, to do to do with sports that I actually do do watch. And obviously, you know, I, I, I love MMA, so I do watch MMA um, when I when I can. Very
1: cool. It's, it's cool that you bring up that you're a boxing fan because another one of my favorite boxers growing up was Prince Nassim Hamed, which uh, comes from oh, my. Yes, sir. So, as yeah. as a boxing fan, because I grew up in a Mike Tyson home, and then of course, as a little guy myself, I looked up to Prince Team Hammed, But who were your favorite boxers yeah. growing up?
0: Um, definitely Tyson. Like I loved, I loved Tyson. Tyson was my era when I, when I was growing up, um, seeing him knock out knock out everybody. Obviously Muhammad Ali because he's just he was the king. Um, Ricky Hatton. Um and I say Prince Prince seen, he is another guy that um that I looked up to as well. Um but it was a shame um the way he went out against um Barrera. Um, you know, I think that was that that actually crushed him and, and, he, and that's when he retired.
2: Right. No when cool. you, you look at things, you know, like David touched on and you t- you talk about boxing and, and things like that, you know, some of the some of my favorite fighters, like you mentioned, Ricky Hatton, you know, they come from the UK. There's yeah. there's another MMA fighter over there that is current right now who I don't know if you've ever heard of him. His name is John Redman, uh, and he truly is astonishing. One thing I look at the UK for the warriors that they've created in this sport, and it's it's truly a uniqueness to it because – when I look at the United States compared to the UK, like they did at, at Bellator, you know I think that it's something that that needs to be done on a grand scale. I think the warriors that come from the UK emulate an older style of the sport. And looking at it in that regard, is is that where Linton Vassell got his his first calling to to jump into any and any, all sports?
0: Well, to be honest, I didn't really like fighting when I was younger. Um, maybe a little, little play, play fight with your friends in, in the garden or wherever you're at messing around. But growing up, I had, I had not many fights at all. I had probably about three fights ever in my life. Um, so yeah, it's just I don't know. I say my my friends would come down and I just I just enjoyed beating people up. So it, it, was, <laughs> it was funny, really. But yeah, I was never actually. Um, like that when I was younger um, quite, and to be honest
2: most definitely well then the next question is more or less going to be a statement from you looking at the future for Linton Vassell and just in case Bellator, the UFC or whoever is listening uh, can you make a statement in any regard on what you, you hope and expect for, you know, to gain in the future
0: well, I'm looking at winning this mixed fight. Um, whenever they set a date, and if they still want me to fight someone else, beat that person up. And then I'm, I'm coming for the champion, whoever it is. I know Liam and Davis are fighting. Let the best man win. But that, that's what I'm going for. I'm, I'm looking for some gold. I'm not looking to um, just be here um, and just 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 be fighting people. Um, I'm looking for I'm looking just for that for that gold title, that world title. So. You know, I, I'm coming for that belt. So, what was in my way next?
2: You know, with like a, a world well world, world full of hurt. Most definitely, I think it would be quite intriguing to see, as you know, both, you know, you and Liam are both friends of mine. So, you know, it'd be it'd be interesting to see a, a UK world title. You know, yeah, on that, the line there. If he wins, you know, if he if he, if
0: he wins, then that that, that will happen. You know, me and Liam um, haven't been shy about saying it. We always say, like, um, me and you one day, me and you one day. Um, so we're, we're both happy to fight each other. At the end of the day, um, we both won that title. And, you know, um, hopefully that that's what will happen. So um, we'll, we'll see.
2: Most definitely. You know, Linton, it truly has been an honor for you to come on our show and, and speak so open about your life and who you are as a tremendous warrior in this sport. You know, I think the Swarm is a, a true name that is going to be, you know, resonated in households in the future as you are the people's champ, and I look at it in that regard. Uh, but being at the top of the hour, Linton, what we like to do is hand the microphone over to you, let you give any sponsor shout-outs, any friends or family, yes. and any social media sites.
0: Yeah. Um, big shout out um, to all my sponsors, Gordo Nutrition, The Warehouse, Jacko's, Ayabusa, BST, Bedfunk, Vassel's Beauty, obviously, Barbershop, Marrows, The Black Zillions, MMA Made, Living Facts. And um, you can catch me on Snapchat under Vass. It's just me clowning around couple of singing, 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 songs on there. If you want to have a little laugh, always tune on that. Um, on Twitter is um, The Swarm. Um, also, you can follow me on Facebook. Um, that's LinkedIn, The Swarm Basel. And you can follow me also on Instagram, which is L D V A S S. That's LD
2: on Instagram. Most definitely. You know, Leanne, thank you so much from, from David and I. We, we truly can't wait for you to step back in the octagon as we know it's going to be a tremendous night for anybody enjoying that event and especially for you to get back into the octagon. Thank you so much, mate, for joining this evening and give your sister and your mom you know, a hello from me and we hope the best for you in high regards. Thank you very much. Thank you mate. You have a good night, bruv. And
0: you guys. All
2: right. Peace. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Lynn the swarm facial. David, quite a unique man.
1: Yes, and found out he wasn't a Manchester United fan, so I put my foot in my mouth.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I didn't do b- I didn't do much better when I, you know, I was trying to resignate the the story of You know, when Gary Furness was on, he was explaining to Linton what had happened, you know, why he disqualified him from one day to the next in the tournament. And, you know, I apologize to Linton. Sometimes things aren't the best of time to bring him up, you know. But he handled it quite eloquently, and, you know, he was the true warrior that I thought he was going to be on our show this evening.
1: Well, you're lucky because my friends from England, if I ever brought up that I was a Manchester United fan, they would kick my ass. So, thank you, Linton, for sparing my life. I deeply appreciate it. But besides that, like he's he's got this crushing European style that all these great European fighters have. I mean, he's, he's a rock star. He's definitely going places. He's definitely top tier and top notch in the light heavyweight division. And in Bellator, too, the light heavyweight division gets even more competitive. Every single fighter… Is absolutely devastating in their own right. I mean, they, they, you're, you're talking about the biggest names in the world that are in that light heavyweight division, and he's right in the mix. And he's such a class act too. He was able to joke around with us, bring up some of his favorite boxers, you know, talk about his career as a whole, you know, humble beginnings all the way to who he is now. Like it was a pleasure talking to him. I love talking to him, man.
2: Yeah. Oh, most definitely. I think we we need to call our next guest and get things a little bit. On the upswing here, and hear about something that's kind of kind of unique that's you know transpiring in the sport today, not for the fans but for the fighters.
1: Absolutely, and this is a top topic we actually talked about for two other episodes. Uh, we're talking about the fighters' union, are we? Uh,
2: well, a certain criteria uh, that will be included in the fighters' union, but it's on a more personal level. It's something for let's say you're a fighter and you had a Injury this evening in the in the octagon, and tomorrow, you know, you you couldn't go back and fight again. And this is a program that's going to be designed for those fighters to call, those fighters to get in touch with somebody that can help them that, you know, need to be helped. Fighters that only know what the fight world is, they don't they don't know anything past that scenario, and so it's kind of a new level in this generation of bringing fighters to a platform that they'll be able to adjust to in and outside of the octagon.
1: And absolutely, Don, my friend, you can do the honor of introducing our next guest. Oh, thank
2: you. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, uh, Alfredo Pabone, welcome to the program.
3: How are you doing?
2: I'm doing fantastic this evening, sir. You know, one thing that interested me about you is you know you got in contact with me we, we know each other through certain criteria it's the heart and the passion and the love that you exude for not just the sport but for the fighters and the caring of the fighters after the event outside of the cage what inspires Alfredo Pabon to care so much about the sport we all love
3: uh, well you know it's it's personal experience, you know. I've I've been there, I've you know, I've been in the light, I've i know what it felt like to be in the octagon and just people rooting you on and whatnot. You know, and then afterwards when all that is gone and you know, all the lights are gone and you know, people in general are gone, you know, life kicks in. You know what I mean? And sometimes life is just full of different obstacles and whatnot, you know, and and, and this is not what I'm saying about, you know, everybody in general. I'm speaking just of fighters. You know, we we deal, you know, or I dealt with so so much stress and whatnot, you know, and there was never anything that I can run to or 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 find, you know what I mean, and and it 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 killed me, you know. So, you know, when I would see fighters or whatnot struggling, you know, I I try to do my best to you know coach them or just give them a little bit of advice or whatnot, you know, just point them in the right direction, you know, because. It's something I always wanted, you know, and and watching these fighters now and how things are just progressing in in the, you know, UFC and, and, you know, MMA, and, you know, it's a wonderful thing, but there's just, you know, there's so much more lacking as far as to supporting everybody in this industry. You know what I mean? Just, you know, we're all human. We all bleed. You know, we all have to wake up in the morning and and do our jobs. You know what I mean? And these guys put their all in this. And, you know, I, I think they deserve you know, you know the respect we give anybody else. You know, in the army, marines. You know, police officers. You know, anything in general. You know, these guys deserve it because they they work their asses off for us, for our entertainment. You know, they, you know, they put their families aside. They, they. I mean, they stop everything. You know what I mean? And here we are. We're rooting them on, but you know, nobody really knows like what's going on. You know, you know, in the backdrop. You know, like, you know. Nobody ever bothered to ask me, you know, and that's where I come in. You know, I I I want to know. You know, tell me. You know, leave all the crap and all the fight and your your rank or whatnot. Let's talk. You know, let's let's find out what drives you. You know, let's let's find out what you like to do. You know, your hobbies or whatnot. You know what I mean? Because it's it's shit like that that you know you can open up and be like, okay, you know, I can I can talk. You know, but a lot of people don't understand fighters. They tend to just. Label us, you know, for what we are You know, they don't understand the struggle Behind it all, you know And these guys deserve so much more I mean For me, you know, watching these fights You know, I'm blown away, you know But, you know, I I also think, you know A lot of things you see in the news and whatnot You don't see anything Of of, uh, Of any type of help You know what I mean? You don't see anybody reaching out You see everything that's just negative about whatever they got into It doesn't matter what it is They focus on the negative You know, nobody wants to tune in to You know, let's help this guy out Let's let's figure out what's going on Let's let's find out why he got here No, all they want to care about is He's there and, you know, oh my god You know what I'm saying? And it's, that's bullshit, you know what I mean? We're fucking human he-
2: we're, we're born wait, to make let mistakes Let me jump in real quick here, bro um, What Alfredo's getting at is you know, I'm going to kind of touch on a, a secret and a, and a side that most people don't know about me. You go several years back to an MMA fighter by the name of Joe Torres. Uh, on New Year's Eve, he was in bed at 2 a.m. in the morning. People broke into his house, and he ultimately defended his house but was charged with one count of murder, one count of attempted murder. Now, what Alfredo is getting at, is there's a program that these fighters that go through atrocities in their career and they don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Right. right. We're designing a platform. When Alfredo reached out to me, I, I grabbed a hold of this. It's a platform designed that if your career ended tonight and fighting is all you know, who are you going to turn to? Who are you going to right. reach out to? And a lot of these people don't realize it, like Alfredo stated they go week weekend and week out and they perform in entertainment for us but what happens when the glory is gone what what is there left for them on a on a major perspective and right. that's where i grabbed a hold of this project because truly i don't want to see anybody lost in this world at any point but to have a fighter have his career ended one night and that's all he knows is fighting And not to give him a source to vent or an option to vent to is where Alfredo comes in. And it's a platform that we're trying to build. You know, we're going to create a 1-800 line. We're going to create a job board. We're going to create counseling and, and different things along that line for fighters that do want to, you know, seek other avenues after their career has ended in a devastating fashion. Now, Alfredo, what... Has led to you know the voices of Las Cruces, New Mexico, with the Joe Torres story. What drove you to further your ambition in this mission?
3: Just getting more in depth, just reaching out to just different fighters you know uh I spoke with a fighter uh, earlier today uh, Daniel Jimenez, great fighter you know he is he's an, a great guy, you know, but he has struggles, you know what i mean and you know and, you know, sitting there talking with him and seeing his sincerity and just, you know, where he's coming from, you know, it, it's that's what drives me. That passion, just the fire in these guys' eyes, man. I mean, you can't get that anywhere else. You know what I mean? I mean, that's – I mean, it, it's something totally different. And only a fighter can understand where I'm coming from. You know what I mean? You know, it, it's, this sport is just – Growing so much and it's so fucking awesome You know and seeing these guys like the love They have for it like you know We need to give that shit back man I mean That's what drives me The love they have for this sport You know and it's like their passion Just keeps me motivated like Just to keep them safe Keep them out of harm's way and you know Just keep them above water You know until they make that that Giant step you know to whatever The future holds for them you know what I mean we got to keep them, you know, under our wings or, you know, just we got to let them know, hey, you know, it's not just about the fight because we got you when you're at home too. I mean, because these guys, you know, after the fight, you know how much strain, you know, their families, their kids, wives, you know, there, there's so much pressure behind that, you know, and they got to come home to all this shit. You know, they got to wind down from the fight and heal and shit, you know, but they also got to deal with whatever they have to deal with. But nobody cares about that. Win or lose, nobody cares about that. They just know it was a great fight, and that was it. You know what I mean? And I, I, I want that. I want to know, you know, what drives them, what, what, what keeps them here. And and my my what my job, what I want my job to be is just, to just keep them here, keep them, you know, build some skills or whatever, just something, just to let them know that hey, we fucking love them too, man. You know, I, I get choked up thinking about it, you know. These are people. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're people. It doesn't matter how much fucking money you make, because in the end, when you die, all you take with you is your work. You know what I mean?
2: Most definitely. And you know, these
3: guys started just I like. Go ahead.
2: I hate to cut you off. Let, let David, get a, a third, a third-person perspective into, where we're going on this, and and then you'll be able to go against her.
1: Go ahead. Absolutely. And uh, I, I appreciate everything you're saying, too, because, again, I've been a follower of the sport my entire life. I've actually fought in the cage. So I know exactly where you're getting at. I know where you're coming from. And you're coming from a very, very good place. And it just doesn't affect, too, like, I, I watched a documentary way, way back in the day of Mark Kerr and the rise and fall of Mark Kerr. And it always out right. it. I, I felt like it always ended on such a down note. And Mark Kerr was one of my heroes in the sport. And to see him take such a traumatic fall. And you don't hear anything. We we haven't heard from Mark Carter in a very, very long time unless you're friends with him on Facebook. And I, yeah. I was on a GoFundMe page. Yeah, and I was on a GoFundMe page for Mark Coleman to help pay for surgeries. This one, this guy was a UFC yeah. heavyweight champion and a Grand Prix yeah. champion. Yeah. And, and, and
3: it's shit like that just, just gets me. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's okay. And I, I donated 100 bucks to it, and I thought this is not going to do shit to help out his, his entire life. This is putting a band-aid on a flesh wound. And not just right. that, but... It affects not just the top of the fighters, but what about the amateurs that don't make it? That like, this is their entire right. dream. They they dreamt about this since they were little kids. They put all those eggs in one basket. They didn't go to college because they're pursuing this dream, and they never make it. And there's nothing left for them. And is is also not just medical and not just, but are you also dealing with the fact that traumatic traumatic events could affect these fighters, like you know, suicidal thoughts and depression?
3: Will you, will, will your yeah.
1: organization also help out that too?
3: Yes, all of that, man. I mean, I mean, come on, you know, it's um, we we can't just focus on one thing. Like like you said, you know, these guys deal with so much. You know, you know, some go to alcohol, some go to drugs, you know, some go to all the above, and then some, you know, and then you got you know taking your life and whatnot. You know what I mean? You had a guy on the show last week. I forgot his name, but I remember towards the end uh, when he was speaking, like how he was homeless. You know what I mean? And it just blew my fucking mind, like how you say, you know, these guys, they just show them for what they were and what they did, and that's it. You know, there, there's nothing else. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, he's done. You know, 30 minutes is over, you know, whatever. Let's collect what we got to collect and, you know, throw them under the rug, I guess you can say. And that's not fair, man. You know, they, they practice, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, 20 years plus just to get where they're at. This is not an easy business. It's an everyday struggle. Every fight, you know, counts, you know, even in and out of the ring. Every fucking fight counts, you know. So why don't we give them that, you know? They deserve it. Absolutely. You're completely right.
1: And uh, with, cause there there's a lot of talk about uh, Fighters Union, about the Do Act. Is the endgame right. goal, is the, the big dream for you? To make this coincide with that Muhammad Ali act with this fires union, so fires have some place to go. I mean, we have suicide prevention networks, just in case for someone that's feeling depressed or low. Uh, we'll, Is right. the big dream for this organization to coincide with the fires union to make sure these guys have somewhere to go to get medical help, job help, etc.
3: Yes, everything like that. You know, right now. You know, we're not even scratching the surface with this right now. I, you know, I, I'm a voice for the voiceless. You know what I mean? A lot of these guys don't don't speak of this, you know, because people don't care, you know. But yes, you know, I, I want to, you know, establish something, you know, for these guys, you know, just specifically for them, man. You know, you know, like you say, uh, the Muhammad, the Muhammad Ali bill, I guess, what they're gonna pass or whatnot, you know, stuff like that. Yes, it's good, you know, that's what we need, but we need more focus on the fighter himself, you know, personally, like you say, you know, like amateurs and whatnot. I I, I get so worked up when I talk about this, brother. Like it it's it's like enough is enough, you know what I mean? Like let's do something now. Like let's stop talking about it, you know. Me and Don spoke and. And we connected on a level, man, that a lot of people can't do, you know what I'm saying? And it's only because you speak from your heart, you know, and and the words that come out of your mouth are are flowing, you know what I mean? And, you know, there's sincerity behind that. And Don spoke with me, and I was was blown away, man, you know. He didn't have to talk to me. You know, I messaged him, you know, and everything happened because it was in God's plan, you know what I'm saying? So let's run with it, you know. Let's give these fighters, you know, a fighting chance. Let's 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 do it. You know.
2: You know, Alfredo. I, it's it's very very touching, and, and you know, one prime example that if people don't really gather where we're coming from, I'll give you one thought, and everybody will really understand where we're coming from. You look at Cyborg uh, with a skull injury. Mm-hmm. Okay, fighting was his life. Fighting, you know, was going to be his future. Now you look at the injury, I, I think it's a an injury that he can't come back from. You know, what is what is he gonna do tomorrow? What's he gonna do next week? You know, the bills don't mysteriously get paid. You know, the yeah. the thoughts yeah. the bad thoughts don't mysteriously go away. You know, yeah. I I think the level of pertinence for this issue is 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 now. You know, yeah. what Alfredo is getting at is, you know, we wanna be able to create a place whether they want to remain anonymous or they they are coming to get complete help. But what we want to do is create a 1-800 line, you know, first and foremost, where they can call in if they have thoughts. I mean, because how would you feel? Even as an average working Joe, if today you got hurt, how are you going to feed your family tomorrow? Imagine how a fighter feels. They don't have nothing. You know, at least yeah. you've got insurance. You've got things to cover you. When it comes to a fighter, they don't have that. But yet they're willing to sacrifice their lives, their family's livelihood, to to get out there week in and week out every time. So Mm -hmm. I think it's time that us as fans, people of the sport, come together as one to help the people, the fighters that we love and care so much create a platform so they don't have to worry about where that bill is going to get paid, who they can talk to, or where, what's in the future for them. And, right. yeah, it is at the infancy, but it's something that's much needed in the sport. You know, when Joe Torres reached out to me several years ago, I didn't have any knowledge of who this fighter was. Now, Joe has since had some other, you know, run-in with the law, but if there was a program like this out there for Joe when it happened, you know, Joe might not be where he's at today. And... You know, I think that people sometimes are the harshest critics in the world, and they point fingers when they're no better than the person standing next to them. So when you look at the Joe Torres story, it may be a good or bad example, but that's my brother through and through. You know, I, I helped that, that man along with several others get exonerated for murder, and I will back him until the cows come home. But this
3: Watch situation you
2: know. Joe's going to have to live with, and Joe's going to have to find himself. But we don't want to lose another fighter to no. an atrocity. We don't want to lose another fighter and not give them a chance to help their family and maintain stability and have a future. Would you say that is correct, Alfredo?
3: That is a hundred percent correct, brother. I mean, no, you know, it doesn't matter where the money comes from. They just know they want it. You know what I mean? And I mean bills. You know, that's never gonna stop. And you know these, I, I you know, damn it, you couldn't hit it more better. You know what I mean, Don? Like. It's it's time, brother, you know. We, these guys are, are right now, as we're speaking, training for their next fight, you know what I mean, you know. So it, it's time to just, you know, get this ball going. And, you know, like you and I say, Don, you know, it, it it's something that has to be done, you know. It, it's, it's a given, you know. These guys give so much, and I love this sport, man. I love it with a passion, you know what I mean. So I want to show that love. I mean, these guys give it to us. Hey, I'm going to give it to you.
2: You know, Alfredo, it's we reached the top of the hour, and you know, your words were so eloquent. You know, I just want to let people know that, fighters especially, you know, you could reach out to me on on Facebook. You can reach out to Alfredo Pabon on Facebook. Alfredo, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show this evening and expressing what we we're going to get into in the future, and what is the pertinent part of a fighter's life and mentality that we're looking to gain? And, and you know, try to change the perceptiveness of, of the world, of everybody that looks at it as just pure entertainment because it's a job for most of these individuals. Thank you so much for coming on the show. But before I let you go, is there any last words that you would like to state and any social media sites that our listeners can follow up with you on, Alfredo?
3: You know, just uh, you know, anybody listening, you know, get me on Facebook. You know, uh, you know my boy Daniel Jimenez, he's an up-and-coming fighter. You guys look out for him. At the, you know, just let's let's get it going. You know, let's show let's let's show our support for these guys because they give it all to us. You know, God's given them a tool, so why not? Why not just you know, give them all the love, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can't express it enough, man. You so. know. Words can't explain how just passionate that I am about this movement. You know what I mean? Like, only you know, speaking with you guys and 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 you know, bringing bringing this out. You know, it's like I, I just want to get out and run, brother, and just you know, let's let's do this. But let's let's go. You know what I mean? I appreciate you, Don. You know, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, and I want to thank uh, Austin Trout, Daniel Jimenez. You know you know, and, and everybody in Las Cruces, you know, for their support, you know, but let's get this going, you know, let's, let's not let what happened to Joe, you know, happen to anybody else.
2: Yes, let's, let's save another life before another atrocity occurs, and
0: yes, sir. I'll be working
2: with you very deep and, and very shortly here, my brother, and thank you so much, Alfredo, for, for coming on. I know it's, it's kind of different, but, you know, we truly appreciate you. We truly appreciate what you have to say, and I look forward to working with you in the future and and getting this endeavor done. Thank you so much, Alfredo.
3: Thank you, guys, and I'm honored, and be blessed.
2: All right. God bless you, son. Thank you so much. Likewise,
3: brother.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, that was Alfredo Pabon, part of the sidebar of the Fighters Union, creating a a platform for a a fighter's career who may have ended in wanting to stop the hurt in their lives. And, David, that's kind of unique. You can feel the heartfelt sentiment in his voice.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I love what he stands for. I love what they're doing. And, you know, we had so many incredible fires, and we have our next incredible player that's on the line too. And he's given so much of the sport, 15-5 record, unbelievable guy. You know, he, every time he gets in the cage, he, put, he puts in his all. You know, he puts his best foot forward, and he always delivers the big wins. He's coming on a three-win win streak. Uh, Don, I'll let you introduce him.
2: Uh, you know what? I've known this guy for a little while, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and welcome the dream onto the show. How you doing, Angel?
4: Yeah. What's up, man?
2: What's up, buddy? How you been?
4: I've been good. Thanks for having me on.
2: Oh, you're more than welcome. You know, Angel, I look back at your career in a whole. It's been tremendous. You know, it, going back to when you fought Sponge, You know, you've You've kind of left a legacy of yourself in all the all the all the fights that you've had. What led Angel DeAnda to to create such a legacy in such a short period of time?
4: Um, my family, man, this is my source of income. This is what I do for a living, besides help teach out of the gym that I'm at and open with me. And uh you know, I put it all on the line for my family there. I gotta take care of them, and so I put it all into every keep, and then it shows in every fight.
2: You know, that's most definitely. And Professor Tom is a tremendous individual out there. You know, you you come from a, a gym with Michael McDonald, the Bushido Kid, and several other great talents. But looking at yourself, you know, what are the hopes and admirations for the dream? in the future, what fight would you like to have circumvented? And what, if anything, would you like to state to the public in that aspect?
4: And the goal has the been ever since I started fighting was to make it to the UFC. And, you know, I fought in big fights, but just not in the UFC yet. So, you know, and I see that a bunch of guys are moving around, different weight classes. So, you know, I see your shot evidence coming down to 185, and I'm 185. I think that would be a good fight for, you know, for the fans, for the UFC. Um, UFC's coming to Sacramento in December. I'm from California. I can you know, help sell out that arena, and that would be a big fight and a good win for me.
2: Most definitely. I'm, I'm just going to reiterate real quick, David. You know, Angel, you're coming off a tremendous victory over Mike Jasper. You know, it wasn't an easy feat for you. So let me – let me state this if I'm getting it right. What Angel DeAndre would like is to, to fight Rashad Evans in his next upcoming fight.
4: Yep. 185. I mean, he can make his debut at 185. I can make my UFC debut. That'd be, I think it would be a great fight.
2: Most
1: definitely. Yeah, and I agree, too, because you're coming off a three-fight win streak, and you're right. You fought for incredible promotions. You fought for Gladiator Challenge, which has been around around the heyday of the sport. Uh, You fought for King of the Cage. You fought for World Series of Fighting. So you're used to the big events and the big marquee events. And uh, with Rashad Evans dropping down, and, of course, you have a very, very unique style and a very good style, too, which is always fast-forward, always fast-paced, always on the move, always putting on an exciting show, so... Um, against a Rashad Evans, who is a former UFC light heavyweight champion. Knowing his style, what do you think you bring to the table fighting such a prominent name?
4: Um, you know, I I've, I've sized up Rashad when I fought tight because it was at 205, and he was a 205er. So I was sizing him up, thinking, you know, I'm going to get past Spong, and then, you know, one day fight Rashad. We're about the same size, and, you know, he might have a little bit of reach on me, but... Rashad likes to stand and trade, and then if he can't, you know, land his shots, then he'll run you to the fence and try to run you down. And I got pretty good takedown defense, and I believe I can just, you know, lie, take take him out on the feet and and impose my will before he imposes his, and make my UFC debut a good one.
3: Absolutely, it I think money. it's. Home.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's a long time coming, too, because you've been in the pros since 2008, and you've fought very, very lucrative talent, and you fought very tough talent since, the, since the, the day you stepped into the cage. You don't fight squids. You fight tough opponents every single time. So uh, with Rashad Evans, with everything put together, because, again, that's your goal, to get to the UFC, from 2008 till now, what do you say was the biggest learning experience? that tells you you are ready for this next platform and you're ready to fight for the UFC. What was the biggest takeaway
4: from from 2008 till now? Um, making all these main events, you know, debuts. The biggest one for me wasn't my biggest opponent because he didn't have really that great of an MMA record. It was Tyrone Spong. That was, I was coming from the lower shows straight into a main event on the on the high-level show. So even though I lost, I still got a very really good learning experience from that. You know, I know what it feels like to be in a big arena. I know what it feels like to do, you know, um, these uh, over-the-phone, you know, what, uh, man, not podcast, uh, you know, where all the fighters get together and call in and talk over the phone. Yeah, and I'm not sure what it's called, but you know, I've I've been through a lot of the big stuff already. and and uh, just to have it taken from me after one fight. Uh, so you know, I know I know what it feels like to be up there, and now I know what it feels like to get shot down, and now I'm making my way back up, and I'm on a four-fight win streak, and my record is 16 and five now after Jasper, and I've knocked off some vets. I've knocked off Anthony Ruiz. He got a shot at strike force. He keeps fighting all over the globe. I beat Tony Kryptonite Lopez. He's a vet with a big record. And I just um I beat Justin Baseman. He's got plenty of fights. You know, I'm fighting the who's who around my area. Now I I believe I'm just ready for the big show again.
2: Most definitely. You you've proven time and time again. I'm glad you kinda of touched those fighters. I, I was getting ready to go there. You know, Mike Jasper, who I know quite well. Justin Baseman, uh three four-time world champion. You know, Tony Kryptonite Lopez, a brother of mine of old from Bully Beatdowns. You know, you've you've beaten the who's who. It, you know, I'm with you, Angel. I believe it's time for you to shine. I believe you you've proven, you know, not just to the West Coast, but to the sport in general, that it is time. Would you say that it's the confidence instilled in you from Oakdale MMA, from Professor Tom, that has gotten you to this point that you feel comfortable in calling out Rashad Evans?
4: Oh yeah, for my my confidence in my team that's always getting me ready for fights, and Professor, you know, for taking me in how he did, and,
0: you
4: know, treating me like a son and allowing me to train, you know, everything he's done for me so. I just feel I had a a bad run when I made it to the show, and then that kind of shot me down. And I still was not, you know, back in the saddle yet. And then I started getting some wins together. Started got my head right, got my training down, and then uh, just started racking up wins. And then the the big names started rolling in again. And then I just started taking them out. So now I feel like. You no, know, I don't feel what I. I mean, I. I feel like it's just another job, another day, another day in the gym. Anytime I get into a fight, I don't really have the butterflies no more. I don't worry about this person or that person, what they can. I mean, what this, what he can do to me. I just worry. I just know what I can do, and I get in there and impose my will before they do, before they get to me.
2: Most definitely. Now, I kind of want to take you, kind of, back to when I was at Oakdale MMA. You know. Uh, I, I had shot the the Gist class there, and I was there on the with the road to the Octagon, Faber versus McDonald, and you know Michael didn't show up that day, so I was left shooting the class because Michael didn't actually think I was going to show up, and when I did, I was I was left shooting the class there, and I looked at you know Professor Tom at the end of the night, and I said, uh, I truly want to see two of your best go at it. And even back then, you know, Professor Tom, he picked you, and he picked Buddy Wallace. And you went into that octagon with him that day, and you guys beat the hell out of each other. And you proved to me that, you know, you're, you're no slouch. I mean, that, that's for damn sure. You know, what, what do those moments like that, going full spar and going full on, and, and the team environment mean to Angel DeAndre now in his future?
4: It means it means everything to me, you know. To have somebody like Buddy Wallace help me get ready, beat me up and then I beat him right right back up. Like Buddy Wallace is like my number one training partner and you know, he's got a lot of good attributes. He's got he's really good on the ground, he's he's really good where I'm not that great, but I'm pretty i I'm really good where he's not that great, so we really go back and forth helping each other out and you know I owe a lot to my team. I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't you know for my for my team helping me get ready for fights' when I get ready i don't you know I don't shadow box with myself and spar shadow boxing. and i it's really it's really really a team sport you know I wish we I could share the limelight with everybody, but I'm the only one getting in there fighting, and so when my hand gets raised, I get a lot of credit, but a lot of credit is due to the gym for professor uh you know allow us to do what we do there because he really doesn't make too much money off the fighters because we're all still not in the UFC yet we're trying to get to the show and he okay. teaches martial arts so that's that's where he gets you know that's where the, that's how the gym stays open from parents that pay for their kids to go and catch a timbo and the fighters we just get to use the resources and help out as much as we can so for me to be able to do that, you know, I'm really grateful to all the parents in the gym, all the kids that want to go to the gym every day. So I just, I just help out as much as I can teaching classes and taking classes for a professor when, you know, something comes up. So, I mean, Oklahoma is, like, really a family environment and to for the fighters to be able to do what they do out of there, it's great, especially... It's a small gym out of nowhere, so you know we really don't get that call too much. But when yeah. we do, everybody, everybody's always talking about us.
0: Very cool.
1: And also, because you're very young into your career, I mean, you're a very young guy, and you're you've accomplished so much already. So I, I feel that you're ready. Now, you know, you're entering your prime, which in MMA this is your prime age, right there. So, you know, you're 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 ready to go. In, in my eyes, and I'm sure in your eyes and your teammates' eyes, this, this is the next logical step for you. Uh, is there any fighters too that you you looked up to, uh, especially any gym you trained at or any type of fighters you watched uh, on television, anybody that you ran into that you said, man, you know, this is this guy inspired me, like this this is the way I can get into the UFC by following this guy's career. Is any type of fighter that you can recall that made put that personal impact on you?
4: Yeah. First, when I was young and I was, I, mean, I was into WWE when I was young, yeah, I didn't know it was fake, so I was really entertained with that. And uh, My neighbor brought over one of the first UFCs, and I really didn't like it because I didn't understand it. Then a few years later, or a while later, like a decade or more later, we're moving into my brother's house, and we've seen a commercial for you know, Chuck Liddell versus Randy Couture. So I've seen that. We watched that, and ever since then, I was like, man, this guy, ever since, you know, Chuck Liddell's my favorite fighter still till today. I think he's the greatest, you know, light heavyweight there is. He fought anybody or anybody, and I I got his movie, you know that Ultimate Iceman. I bought that. And his mentality is just like, you know, that's the way I would carry myself. You know, I'm gonna keep on fighting regardless if I go to UFC or not. And if I keep on winning, that's great. You know, that win. But bo- I love the win bonus, please my family. But if I don't get it, then you know, and I don't get a call to the show, that maybe I wasn't meant to go to the show. But another okay. good thing. Coming out of all this is, you know, I got two sons. About to have another boy. I got a bunch of nephews, and now they're all telling me, or when they talk about it with their parents doing homework, what do they want to do when they get older? They all want to. They all say that you know they want to be a professional athlete or something. But nobody's ever done nothing like this in my family.
2: And yeah. so for me to go
4: out chase this chase this down, if, maybe if I don't make it, maybe you know of them will make it or somebody that i teach in one of the kids classes maybe they'll make it so you know but hopefully i can make it so i can they can be like oh he did it so i can do it
1: absolutely and you brought up a uh, chuck ladell too because i met chuck ladell had like a good solid 10 15 minute conversation with him up in new york great guy you know, I brought up some memories of watching him, and he's like, "Man, it's been a wrong fucking road, my friend." And like, he was, him and I were laughing about it, and I, I, and I remember the documentary of Ultimate Iceman, and he had to fight anyone, anywhere, anytime style. You know, even from the time that he started training at the pit all the way to becoming a UFC Hall of Famer. It yeah. yeah, and I I always admired that, and now that you brought it up, I admire you for for actually taking to that that type of thing and applying it to your career. Um, if, if you could, if, if Rashad Evans isn't the guy, what would be your ideal way to get into the UFC? Obviously, they're kind of coming to California one way or another. California is a hotbed for martial arts. Would you ever be open to doing the ultimate fighter? Would you open to be like kind of, a kind of you know, say if someone backs out from an injury, would you be that guy that steps in on a short-term nose? What would be your ideal way? If you can't get Rashad Evans, what would be your ideal way to get into the UFC?
4: Whatever it takes. I'll go to the If they want to put me in the ultimate fighter, I'll go in the ultimate fighter. If they want to call me on a short notice for Sacramento, I'll be ready. I'm always, I'm always ready. I'm always training. I enjoy myself for about a week after my fight, and then I get back to the gym. And then get back on. My weight goes back. And, you know, whatever whatever way I can get in is the, is the way that I'll take. If it's the easy way and they give me Rashad, then I'll take it. If it's on a short notice against anybody else, I 185. I'll take. It. I'm just trying to make this dream happen.
2: You know, you said it so eloquently. You know, looking at your at your past fights, looking at the man that I know and and met back at Oakdale, you, you truly are deserving of. You know, to be able to have this opportunity to to face Rashad, I think it would be a tremendous fight. You know, I think that. The ability that you've you've shown throughout your last you know four fights is is a proven factor. Is you know you truly are gaining momentum in the sport and you're getting to where you know you you are at that level that you do deserve somebody like Rashad Evans. If you took a moment back to look at Angel himself personally, what would that moment mean to you, Angel, to get that call to fight Rashad Evans or somebody else in the UFC?
4: Sure, it would be like any anything you see in the movies, man. Like, a dream coming true. Like, I, may, I made it. All the hard work, all my sacrifice, all my dedication, I made it. My family would would make it, you know, that we wouldn't be get, get barely getting by how we are now. You know, I know I'm not going to get a million dollars from the UFC, but I don't plan on just getting to the UFC. I plan on getting there and you know, making some noise and making making change in my life, my family's life. So, I mean, it would be it would just be something unexplainable for me to get that call. I would I would believe that I can show my family, my kids, anybody that looks up to me that you know the the impossible is nothing.
2: You know, Angel. To hear your words are are truly that the resignate of family. You know, looking back, okay. you take the sport out of your life. What has family meant to you? To have them to to back you, to to be there for every event. What what does that mean to a fighter of your caliber? To have the support of such a tremendous family. I
4: mean, it means a lot. It's it's hard too. It's not easy. You know, I'm I go through keeping. So does my kids. So does my wife. You know that we don't. At towards the end, I start getting grouchy. You know, and but for them, just to know that they're kind of used to it already. So for them, just to know that it's gonna go away and it's gonna pay off in a in a few weeks. Win or lose, you know, we always go do something fun afterwards with my with my kids and then my immediate my whole family. I'll, we'll get together and we'll have a big barbecue. It just means a lot to you know, for me to get a win for them, knowing that you know they spend money, their hard their hard-earned money. You know, feels a lot to feels a lot because you know they go out and spend money to support me, and that's how I support my family. So I feel good, you know, when I bring home W's, because I know they go to work talking about what they did on the weekend, and so I know they're more happy whenever they get to say that I won. It wouldn't matter to them either way, but I know it just feels a little bit better when they know that I won because of all the hard work that I put into
2: Most definitely. You know, I've got one more question that I'm going to ask you, and then we're going to get into the top of the hour. You know, talk about oh, you're all right. You know, you you talk about everything, and I, and I truly think you're deserving. And you know, the point I'm I'm trying to make here is, you know, it's been a long a long road for you and to be able to get this fight that you, you speak of would would just be the pinnacle of your career. But I don't know if you've heard the last guest that we had on or not. I, I wanna get your takeaway real, real quick, before we, we let you go here. What what are your thoughts on a program that's being initiated nowadays? Like let's say Angel, you go out and you fight some morons, but God forbid you get injured. But let's say you do, you know, and there's nothing for you the following day. No nobody to pay your bills. No one to look at your life and help you out. What would you feel if there was a program designed for fighters that would give them a chance to to call somebody, give them a chance to to get retrained, or get a chance to have a scholarship, or just to speak to somebody? What would that mean to a fighter of your caliber that's been in the sport so long?
4: Um, that will mean a lot. I mean, because afterwards, you know, I don't think a lot of people know what they're going to do or where they're going to go. But it would it would mean, it'd mean a lot, I believe, but I believe that I'm just in the right place, know where I'm at at Oklahoma, May. that I'm not just fighting. I'm earning a degree in jiu-jitsu, so... You know, when I'm done, if I get hurt or not, I know when I'm done, I have something to fall back on. I'm I'm hoping for the UFC. I'm banking for the UFC, but if it doesn't happen, I'll have a I'll have a degree in Jiu-Jitsu. And, you know, if I can, if would get hurt tomorrow or something, then hopefully I can. Have, you know, that would be that'd be great to you know have somebody have somebody to talk to because I think a lot of people, a lot of fighters. Deal with a lot of unsaid stuff. I don't know if they're afraid to say it or what, but I think that'd be something good if something like that would pop up.
2: Thank you for those words. You know, we're reaching the top of the hour, so Angel, if there was a statement that you 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 wanted to make to Rashad Evans and and the fans out there that believe in you, back you, you know, people like myself and David. What would that statement be, son? Um, I
4: would say, give me a shot. I'm on a four fight five win streak. If, if the reason why you believe I don't deserve a shot is because I'm inexperienced, that's not cool because I gave Tyrone Spong a shot when he had one fight in MMA and I had 15. Now I have 21 fights. I don't know how many Rashad has, but. Give me my shot. This is not boxing. We don't get to hide behind promoters. You want to come to 185? I've already made a statement at 185. Just make it happen.
2: You're the one that
4: Rashad Evans is the one that can for sure make this happen. With his management team, he's already with the UFC. He just got to give me a shot. The ball's in his court. Don't be scared. You know I gave Tyrone Spong a shot, and he didn't have no experience. I got experience. I just want my shot.
2: Definitely. Dana White, if you're listening, make this fight happen. Get with Rashad. See what we can do to make this young man's night come true. I think he's deserving. I think he has proven himself to be eloquent in the sport. Angel, thank you so much. At the top of the hour, what we usually like to do is, is hand the microphone over to you and let you give any sponsors, any friends or family, or any social media sites that you have, son. We. The floor is yours. Yeah,
4: yeah I want to um, thank Juan Martinez with finished MMA for making this happen. I want to thank my fight team for always getting me ready and keeping me at the top of my game. Thank my family for always supporting me. I want to thank you guys for having me on the show. Um, all my sponsors, have Full Forge PT, Fight Labs, The Cocina, Restaurants, Advision led. You know, I got so many. I got so many sponsors for this fight. I can't remember them all, but I'm grateful for all of them. It really helps out. And um, that's it, man. I'm just. I'm blessed. Praise God.
2: Most definitely. Now, where can the the fans find you on social media, real quick, Angel? I'm
4: on my Facebook, Angel De Uh My Twitter's Angel the Dream. My Instagram is Angel and Crystal.
2: Well, on behalf of David and myself, Angel, thank you for taking the time to come on our show this evening. We we know you have a truly busy schedule, and we appreciate you coming on. And like I stated earlier, Dana White make this fight happen. I think Angel is deserving. I think the time is now. Uh, it's a fight that I would hold in, right, in high regard and seeing You know, Angel, thank you so much for joining us this evening.
4: Thank you, man. I appreciate it. All right, one more. Sorry, one more. I want to think my management team impact management. I mean, not impact. Sorry about that. Iridium Sports for, you know, putting all these fights together for me and allowing me to get this opportunity.
2: Iridium. Thank you so much, Angel. You you have a tremendous evening, and keep us posted, brother.
4: All right, thank you. I appreciate
2: it. All right, man. God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Angel the Dream DeAndre. Uh, Coming on, calling out Rashad Evans. David, I think that's going to be a fight.
1: Yeah, I'm very, very sorry, Don. Uh, I wasn't paying attention to the r- last segment. I was actually watching uh, footage of him on YouTube. And uh, he's a dangerous cat. And uh, I, would, I would actually, you know what? Like, it would actually be, a, stylistically speaking, it would actually be a very good fight. And he's been in the game long enough where he's not going to get the UFC jitters, as you would suspect from any type of rookie or you know seasoned journeyman who's been from you know one place to another. Like this guy's a legitimate threat. He can really oppose some some problems if he fought Rashad, and you know you, you wouldn't suspect it too because he's been World Series of your Gladiator Challenge. He's never been in front of you know ten to twenty thousand people, but. I wouldn't. I wouldn't sleep on him. And if Cena Punk can get a chance, I think Angel uh, Angel should definitely get a chance to, to fulfill his dream and to actually step in there and you know fulfill his potential. And he's still young. He's still a young cat. Like he's he's you know this his best days are are still in front of him. And I, I think that he would do very very well against UFC's top brass. What do you think?
2: Almost definitely. You know, like I stated, I've I've shot Angel in person before, and you know. I put them in the octagon. You know the professor over there at Oak MMA. I told him, I said, give me two of your best. And you know he he put he picked Angel and let me pick the other one. I picked out of, of Buddy Wallace, as you heard him emulate they're, they're great training partners. But those two guys went in there and they went to war in the gym that that afternoon. And as a, as a, it was truly a UFC fight. I mean that's the caliber that Angel brings to the octagon, if he's going to do that in the gym, you've got to look at what he's done in the octagon at events. And he, like you stated, he hasn't fought any slouches. He, he's not afraid of anybody, and he's truly young. And I, The cat's got a lot of power. He's, he's a dominant kickboxer. He's got tremendous power in his hands as he was a boxer before. I, I just think the time is now for him.
1: And he's a gamer, too, which is the most important part. But, Don, speaking of gamers, i got to bring on this guy who's fresh off his win at Bellator. Man, this guy is absolutely devastating. And how do we know that? Because we spoke to him before. And his father just happens to be a legend who's trained with the likes of Quentin Rampage Jackson and some of the biggest names in the sport. And he is – the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree because A.J. McKee is an absolute – beast he's a buzzsaw he you just see his last fight and I encourage all the listeners too if you haven't watched it please pay attention because this is the future of the sport and the future is looking brighter than ever and I love AJ McKee I think he his style is tailor-made for this new generation new caliber of fighter and I'm excited to talk to him what do you think Don?
2: Almost oh, definitely I, I think we get get Mr. Undefeated Mr. Mercenary on now what do you think?
1: Uh, I think so too. I think it's never a better time than the present. So let's get him on the Beast Fuel Energy Drink slash Psycho Gear slash Finish MMA guest line. Let's give him a call, shall we? Let's do it. I mentioned Cycle Gear and how wonderful your gear is, by the way.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, most definitely. Psycho Gear is one of my sponsors. They're they're tremendous. You know, I think they're changing the the format of sponsorship and in, in the sport today. You know, I. Johnny Combs is truly a, a humbling individual and somebody that, gosh, is so real and and unique that even he captured my attention. You know, I've been with Finished MMA for, gosh, forever, and you know, I couldn't be more happier with Affliction and Finished MMA and and Psycho Gears as my sponsors for life. I'm I'm set where I'm at with these with these individuals, especially, you know, with the guest guest line being fueled by Beast Fuel. It, it just tops off everything that is, is perfect in a life that I wouldn't even change, and I'm blessed to have.
1: Absolutely. And on a side note, before we get AJ McKee on, Dream Elite Pro Store is soon going to be carrying Hayabusa, Everlast, uh, Bad Boy. Once again, we're going to be selling uh, a bunch of different gear, probably the best gear in the world. And uh, we're going to be a authorized retailer of all these great brands. But also on the list will be Cycle Gear, which I look forward to. I, I love the look of Psycho Gear. I love what they represent. I love Johnny Combs. He's an amazing human being. So I'm, I look forward to selling the shit out of all his great t-shirts.
2: Almost <laughs> oh, definitely. Let's uh, let's get our brother on the line and see what the Mercenary's up to.
1: Let's see what the Mercenary's doing. Calling him right now.
2: I'm I'm so intrigued to talk. Unbelievable.
1: Hold on one second. Let's try one more time. Yeah,
2: and I'll go ahead and take care of
0: it. Sorry. You're waiting for the call. Waiting for the call. Your call has been forwarded David, to an automatic voice go message system. Five.
2: Two Three Yeah You know not want to a message, Doug? <laughs> no <laughs> Not really everybody get uh, The big dog's number I'll be in trouble for that uh, But uh, You know I apologize for this This was just a scheduled interview uh, Maybe Maybe training has gone on a little bit longer I'm, I'm trying to get a hold of him now And so I apologize to You know, our listeners This is an interview that I was even looking forward to I've been looking forward to this since last week oh so, you know, hopefully we'll get him on there real soon.
1: And this is, this is what plagues a podcast because also you have to work within their schedules too. Which your schedules are super busy. It, it, like I, I – when we did a podcast too with uh, Thug Rose units, We're in between her flight and eating and meeting up with her management and scheduling and booking a room and all this fun stuff. So, you know, we throw the rule book out the window, and we have to wait until they become available, which, you know, every great fighter, they have a – the reason why they're so great is because their schedule is absolutely swamped beyond belief. So, you know, we're going to try our very best with AJ McKee, and give the kick some credit, too. He's coming off a huge win, he's undefeated, and, you know, he's going places, so –
2: most definitely. You know, David, I'm not I'm not getting anything back. Why don't we go ahead and try one more time to call them and if it doesn't come to apparition then we'll just chalk it up. I'm gonna be sadly uh upset over it. Well, but...
1: Let's give it a rip, shall we done? No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Boom. Yeah. And now we dial.
2: <laughs> Listen to the sweet sounds of the
1: dial tone.
2: Come on, brother. <laughs> Hey, Antonio.
5: Uh, Is this AJ? Yes, sir.
2: Hey, welcome to the program, AJ. We we tried a couple minutes ago to get a hold of you, and obviously you're still training. Uh, AJ, looking at your last fight and looking at everything in a hole, what would you say has most come to the top of your mind when you look at your career up-to-date, being that you're undefeated son?
3: It comes most
5: to my mind uh, at this point now, you know. I just I just want to be the youngest champ ever. You know, John Jones did it at 23, so I'm 21 right now. I want to get that belt before I turn 22.
2: You know, most definitely. You know, if most people don't know, I mean, you you're coming off a choke submission against Cody Walker, which he was also. You know, a tremendous fighter in my eye. You you went in there that night with true heart and determination. What was on the mind of AJ the mercenary McKee when he walked out the octagon? Um,
5: it was it was definitely a little bit of a bigger challenge, I would say, just because you know Cody Walker's not an average forty-five pounder. He's six foot two, you know, which is uh, which is. Point of height difference at our weight class, so um, I don't know. It, it, when I was in there, you know, I felt his range, and he was taking a, a couple of my blows, and I was just like, "Man, like this guy can take some punches." So, at that point, I just started looking at surroundings, and uh, I noticed the takedown was there. So, once I got the takedown, um, I started looking for chokes. And that, that's usually just my a my game you know, looking for chokes and, and looking for a submission. And the guillotine showed up, and instead of a regular guillotine, I, I used a modified guillotine that I kind of threw my own little handshake on. And that's all she wrote at that point.
1: Very cool. And, I, by the way, congratulations on your last win. It was absolutely impressive. I was watching and especially because I talked to your father on this podcast and he said, big things are coming. Don't you, just you wait, my friend. And when we saw you land that guillotine joke, I literally stood up like Your father lived up to every single expectation. I mean, you will dominant in there, you employees in there. You, you're undefeated still. So how does it feel to be undefeated now, such so young in your career? and you already have an undefeated record, and you have so much stock behind you, a great team behind you. How does it feel at this stage of the game right now?
5: Um, I would say it's great, you know, just, just knowing not just my background, but everyone else's background as well, you know. Um, It's it's pretty easy to just go in there clear-headed and, and do what I do best, and, and that's put on a show and just have a great fight. So, um. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the key to my to, the key to my uh, my little forte, you know.
1: Absolutely, and your your father too, uh, legend in the sport, has done so many incredible things. And the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree because you're already accomplishing incredible things. So now the question remains because you're undefeated now and you have dominant win after dominant win. Do you want? Do you feel that you're ready for a title shot, or do you want to let it like slowly simmer, keep getting more wins on your record, and keep building up your experience to getting to that title shot? What do you feel is the next step for you?
5: Um, when it comes to experience, I feel I have more experience than most of the guys that not that I've just fought but guys that are also fighting at that top level you know I've I've been doing this since I was probably 4 or 5 years old you know this is all I've ever known so um for a title shot you know when whenever Bellator throws the opportunity at me uh you know I'll I'll probably take it you know um if if it was up to me I'd fight for the belt my next fight but uh my dad says there's things I need to work on so there's things I need to work on he tells me he says I'm ready for a title shot right now but it'll it'll be a good fight, you know, it'll be a dog fight, and he said, hands down, he feels I'll come out with that belt, but why put myself through a dog fight when I've got such a long career, why not master what I do now, so when the, the opportunity does come for me to uh, fight for the belt, it, it's a easy, it's easy as taking cake, or a piece of candy from a baby, you know, you don't have to overwork, you don't have to overtrain, it's, it's just nice, simple, and easy.
2: Most definitely, AJ, No. I, I kind of want to touch things on a team aspect. You know, Bellator 160 uh, was pretty much the night of, of Body Shop MMA. What does it mean to you to have such a dominant team behind you going into an event, son?
5: It it just shows that, that hard work pays off, you know. Um, like my dad always told me, hard work beats uh, – Beats talent any day of the week, but if you've got hard work and talent, then you're a force to be reckoned with. And a lot of guys with a lot of great talents are starting to come in the room, and they're they're willing to put in the work. Then they'll they'll get to where they where they should be, you know. And let time do its do its thing.
2: Most definitely. Now you you know that I've interviewed your father before, and I've interviewed you, you a couple times. Your father truly has changed the aspect of my life in a whole. I mean even though I'm older than your dad, I have gained so much knowledge from him as an individual. With him being your father, I can only, you know, surmise the level of where you're at. So being that you've had such a, a legend of the sport as a father, being that you've had such teammates that were legends and champions in the sport, what would you say A.J. McKee has gained in a whole from all that talent being around him?
5: Learning, you know, um, picking and choosing everything from everyone's careers. You know, just watching and, and analyzing everything from the right moves to the wrong moves. Just just having them, having them set the lines on the paper, you know. You're going to write an essay. You're not going to write it on a blank piece of paper. So they have pretty much keep the lines on the paper for me to follow, you know, and it's like, yeah, you're going to go over the line sometimes, but you're, you're going to come right back and, and get right back to where you started, you know? So it's, it's just following their careers and, and making sure to make the same mistakes
0: as, as they've as they, as they have made in, in their career. Very
4: cool.
1: And so many young fighters also look at your career and say, this is pretty much what I need to follow. I mean, what what I heard too is you were before before the fight you were actually hanging out with with, uh, with Khalifa right?
3: Yeah,
5: I was running around everywhere, man. Um, I was out front. I, I literally went from coaching my cousin Joey in the middle of the third round. I ran to the back, finished getting the haircut, and then my dad came in, wrapped my hands. And then they're like, "What are you doing? Like you're supposed to be ready." I'm like, "Hold on, I'm like I just got a haircut. I'm getting my hands wrapped." And then from getting my hands wrapped, I went straight into a warm up, like not even a not even a legit warm up. It was probably like a five ten minute warm up. So I'm just like, okay, cool. Like I, I'm always all over the place, so um, it's that's that's just how I am, you know. Um, once it's time to step in that cage, though, you you got to get focused. As soon as my dad started wrapping my hands, he's like, hey, he said cut ever, he said cut all bullshit out right now. He said get focused. I put my headphones on, went in my little zone, and. From that point on, you know, I, I was focused and I was ready to go out there and do the job that, that I was hired to do.
1: Absolutely. And leading up to my next question, that's, that's the first question I want to ask you, but leading up to the, the second one is showmanship. I mean, you're, you know that when, when you're a showman and when you put on an entertaining fight and when you have the total package, this is what puts butts in the seats. You know how to sell tickets. Which is something, not even the seasoned professionals, which you, which you talked about before, not even the most seasoned veterans have grasped that concept. I mean, you're doing backflips, you put on the, the fly tuxedo, I mean, you got it all down. So, is that a very important part or aspect of the game? And have you learned that from your father, that if you have the great fighting ability, if you have the talent, and you mix that in with the showmanship, that is what these major MMA promotions are looking for is the total package to sell tickets. Is selling tickets just as important to you as winning the fight?
5: Um, for me, no, you know. Um, my dad always told me come up with a character. You've got to come up with a character that the fans will like. And I'm like, man, like, everybody calls me a character myself. So I'm just like, why, why do I have to come up with someone? Why can't I just be myself, you know? I'm always messing around, joking around, saying stupid <laughs> stuff and I like to dress nice, so with the tuxedo and everything, that's that's honestly just a part of who I am, you know, everyone wears a regular tuxedo, okay, well, I'm not regular, I'm going to wear a tuxedo tail, because to me, that looks ten times more fashionable, and it's cool, because nobody's been, so that, for that aspect of it, you know, that's, that's just what it is, and then when it comes to the fighting versus the uh,
3: entertainment,
5: um, I feel like, my fighting is the entertainment, you know, and just the way I talk is, is entertaining. Um, whether you, you like it or you hate it, you know, um, I'm not going to give you a reason to not like me, but if you don't like me, then, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, There's nothing I can do about that. Like, I can try to ease up to you, you know. Don't don't take it as anything personal, like like the beef with Pitbull, He was taking it personal, and I'm like, hey, bro, like, don't take it personal, you know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure you've called out some people in your time as well. You're supposed to be one of the head dogs of Bellator at my weight class, so you're who I want to get to where I want. He's, like, He's the man, and I'm like, you're not the man. Strauss is the man, you know? So um, on, on the inter- entertainment side, you know, it's, it's it's all about the fans. You know, you got to give them something to, to talk about. And every what's more talk about between violent fighting and a beef between two violent fighters, you know?
2: Yeah. That,
5: that's what everyone wants to see.
2: You know, AJ, I have to agree with you. But if you look at AJ McKee, the kid, AJ McKee, the mercenary, look at both worlds. What would you say has been your greatest attribute or your greatest moment to take away from both sides?
4: (sighs) For
5: for the AJ McKee, I would say growth. I've just grown so much in the past six months. Literally, just uh, spiritually, um, physically, mentally. You know, it. it, This year is literally. I thought it was gonna be my year to shine this year, but it's not my year to shine this year. This year is like the year of growth for me. Next year will be my year to shine. Um, For AJ McKee, you know, it's it's patience. You just gotta be patient. If I, I I know where I am, I know what I am, I know what I'm capable of, but it. It's, it's just going to take time, you know, it's a process to get your name out there. You're not you're not going to become famous overnight, you know. You're not going to have all the people talking about A.J. McKee, Mercenary McKee overnight. It, it's going to take five, anywhere from five to ten fights, you know. So um, five to ten amazing, astonishing fights all televised. At that point, the people are starting to see who I am, you know. They're starting to want to see who I am. So neither if they want to see me or they're starting to see me, my name is still ringing, you know, so at that point, you you just got to stay humble and, and continue doing what you do. At the end of the day, you, just, you have to stay humble, no matter how much smack you talk, no matter no matter what what you're doing. You no, know, you can be the champ, and, and you could talk about, hey, I'm going to knock this dude out in the first round. Even though that's not your game plan, you know, you have to humble yourself, step back, and go into that fight and be cautious. No matter how much smack or, or crap I talk before a fight, I guarantee you, I'm going to be focused, focused like n- no other person ever before I step in that ring, just because neither with the smack talking or just with with what I feel I'm capable of doing, I, I have to go in there prepared.
2: Most definitely. Okay. You know, knowing your father, who's a true old soul and probably one of the the top men that I respect in my life, you know, what is that moment like? Father and Son What is that That talk That he gives to you That settles you down That prepares you To make that walk To the octagon Each and every time Son
5: Prayer We, we pray before Every fight Before I walk Into that cage It's, it's not a pray For victory it's, it's a prayer That both both Fighters come out Unharmed and, and just growing You know Just growing Win or lose Just grow from your mistakes Grow And, and just learn You know Live and learn that's all we can do. That's all we're here to do, you know,
1: is live and learn. Very, very cool. And uh, just touching upon your father again, who's a knowledgeable guy. I mean, we, we literally talked to him for 30 to 45 minutes and he blew our minds, especially me. I mean, I've been a fan of the sport my entire life. So when he was talking about the sport and the the important things, whether it's religion, whether it's talking about having a good base, having a good, strong team, a strong work ethic, so many things he blew my mind about. He's such a knowledgeable guy and a genius when it comes to the game. Is there anything that he said after this fight that you're going to take forward going into the, uh, the the rest of your career, which is going to be an amazing one because you're already 21 and you've accomplished so much. But is there anything he said after your last win that is going to be carried with you, going all the way to your big moment when you finally get a title around your waist?
5: This is the beginning because th- this fight was the beginning. You know, this. this was... The beginning of, I don't want to say my career, but the beginning of, I would say, a new start, you know? A new start of entertaining the fans and just just entertainment, you know, just the entertainment aspect of the fight game. This this is the beginning, you know?
1: Absolutely. And I have such a respect for you, and especially after your last one, it was remarkable. And uh, you lived up to your name, you lived up to your last name, but more than that, you're creating your own legacy, which a lot of people like you know like Randy Couture's son has a, a great deal of trouble getting out of his father's shadow but you you're pretty much equal you're you're literally building a name uh, not even in a shadow you're literally building a name based on you and you're, it just being a McKee just adds this an added bonus to your legacy. so is the big moment would you say staying in Bellator, sticking around and winning a world title there is going to be important or do you want to go to UFC or go to Japan, or what? What would you consider the perfect career when you can finally t- hang the gloves up and say, "I accomplished everything I want to"? What would be the the goals you had in mind? Ah, man, I don't know.
5: Being twenty one, man, um, making as much money. I mean, it's not as much money as. I'm going to make but it's it's a decent amount of money you know for a 21 year old to be able to to make that m- amount of money in less than 5 less than 6 minutes it's 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 amazing you know but um I would say man that
3: I I want
5: a great lifestyle for my family you know and, and sky is the limit at the day at the end of the day you know um fighting is is what I love to do you know I'll I'll fight until I'm 40 if I can it just depends what my body says and how I feel, but for sure I'm probably gonna take a. Break if I get the 145 pound belt. I might move up to 55s and and go challenge up there for a little bit, but honestly I I have no clue. There's just there's just so much time in between now and then. You know, with me only being 21, I honestly haven't even thought that far. I'm I'm only thinking till I'm 23. I, I signed a million dollar check to myself by the time I'm 22, so. My first goal is to make that
3: happen, you know,
5: and getting the belt would would definitely help me at that point, you know. I I feel like being with Bellator, it's a lot better than going to the UFC. Yes, UFC's pay is a lot better, but what do you have with UFC? You have a great pay and some win knockout bonuses and fight of the night bonuses. With Bellator, the doors are wide open, you know. I can I can go talk to a Slinker sponsor or a Nike sponsor or all these other endorsements, you know, and, it, and pretty much – those sponsors will match the exact same that that um, the UFC is fighting. Because if I go sign a two million dollar Nike contract, what is what is Reebok gonna do? You know, at that point, there's no point in having Reebok. I'm I'm getting two mil from Nike. Why would I mess that up to go just be the face of UFC? I mean, I feel like the UFC is is kind of labeled as MMA. You know, people when you when you walk into the gym and say, "Oh, I'm an MMA fighter." they don't hear, oh, I'm a, a mixed martial artist, you know, and then you say, oh, I do MMA or UFC, and everyone's like, oh, you do UFC, like, I, that's one thing that I really, I really dislike, because I feel like UFC has brainwashed people to think that MMA is UFC, it's not, you know, it's just an organization at the end of the day.
2: Most definitely, you know, and I have to concur and agree with you, AJ, you know, uh, you know, I've been with the UFC for quite a while, and when you look at things in a whole, at, at the end of my career, I, I truly find myself being pulled more and more towards Bellator. And with that being said, you know, it it truly is something that, you know, all fighters need to look at and reflect where they're going to be in the future and how they want to portray their future. Now, one last question before we, we let you get, because I know you're having a busy night, son. You know, if there was one perfect opponent, one perfect night, or just a statement that A.J. McKee would like to make to the mercenary fans, what would that statement be, son?
5: Conor McGregor. He's supposed wow. to be the biggest, biggest guy moving from weight class to the weight class. I, I would love to fight Conor McGregor. And just, just to prove a point, everyone knows his wrestling is his weakness. I'd go out there and stand up with him and give the people the fight they want to see, and that's a... A slugfest, you know, a bunch of spinning back kicks, me switching from southpaw to orthodox, and trying to switch to orthodox. He's he's a very respectable fighter on his feet. His left hand is very accurate. His timing is great. But I feel I, I would just give him the blues, especially at 145 pounds. I don't I don't think he'll make 145 anymore, and I feel that's why he's been fighting at 170, one, and now he's going to fight at 155. So, um... I think it'd be a great fight, you know. He's he's the man with the name. He's he's the face of that organization right now, since Jones is out. So um, that that would be a a worldwide statement to to me, you know, not not just to myself, but to all the fight fans that thinks he's just this invincible person. I, I would love to go out there and put on a show and sit him on his ass. Oh,
2: most definitely. Well, AJ. With that being said. You know, I'm going to hand the microphone to you and, and let you give any sponsor shout-outs, any friends or family shout-outs, and any social media sites you might have for our listeners. It's truly been an honor, son.
5: Thank you, thank you. Um, social media, everything's AJMcKee101. Um, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter is AJ McKee Jr. Um, I want to give a thanks to Lena Aglite. She's the reason why I make a hundred and fifty five a month. Mr. Dossman, he's always keeping my body healthy. Affliction, team body shop, all my teammates and all the fight fans, of course, man, they're 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 what's making me who I am today. And uh getting me to go to the top, you know. All the comments. I, I know I don't get back to all my fans, but man, I'm 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 on the grind, so as soon as I'm at the top, I'll be able to settle down and, and really connect with my fans on a on a bigger level, you know. Um as far as that, I just want to thank everybody, and and i give the glory to the man upstairs. So,
2: yeah, he's he's in RAW. Most definitely, son. I'm, you know, and we truly appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to join us this evening, and we look forward to great things from you in the future, AJ. You you truly have proven your you know yourself to be a dominant force and a factor in the sport today, and you know I I I think you will. Surpass everybody's expectations in the future. Thank you again, son.
5: Thank you for having me. God bless you, son.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, that was AJ, the Mercenary McKee, uh, a tremendous, tremendous Bellator fighter on on the rise. David?
1: Uh, Always a pleasure talking to him. And he's just as awesome as I remembered him. And not too long ago, we actually did talk to him at the top of the summer. And he said big things were coming. And I'm glad we listened because we got him on the show again and talking about Wiz Khalifa, and knocking out Conor McGregor, and you no, know, this guy, he's on the rise. This guy is definitely on the rise, and I can't wait to talk to him again. I can't wait to see what he accomplishes. He's hes up to bigger and better things, my friend. I, I can't wait. I love talking to the McKee family, father and son alike. They're both legends, and I love it, man.
2: Oh, most definitely, and it truly was a pleasure to to have two fighters come on tonight, and Make a statement, Angel. Of the Dream, Deandra called out uh, Rashad Evans, and AJ unknowingly spoke his mind about Conor McGregor. I would, I would love to see that happen. But most, f- you know, first and foremost, I truly would like to thank you for another wonderful episode, and it's it's been a tremendous privilege of mine to be on the show with you.
1: Absolutely, likewise, Don, and always a pleasure every Tuesday to talk MMA, shoot the breeze with my buddy. And uh, to my mutual host, the most, Don, um, thank you so much for another great episode. You're the man.
2: Okay, thank you so much, David. And to everybody listening, I'd just like to say thank you for putting up with us and allowing us into your house. It truly has been a pleasure. And from my heart to yours, God bless.
1: God bless. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the McGuire slash Potter podcast. And uh, we should have some more shows up and running shortly, more nonsense to come. But, boys and girls, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the flip. Good night.
0: Welcome to the Potter and McGuire podcast, brought to you by Psycho Gear, fuel energy drink, finished in MMA and Dream Elite Pro Store.